seated and happy new year. Now I know we're already, uh, what, six days into the new year, uh, which means that 90% of new year's resolutions have already ended and failed, right? And this morning we want to talk about a new year. In fact, we're going to do a study here for three weeks on Romans 12. It talks about newness, okay? And today we want to talk about, well, I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, let me ask you, I bet you're going to get this question right. What is the number one New Year's resolution? The one that most people do. What is it? Lose weight, exercise, get healthier, right? Okay. Yes, that's, that is number one. Most people would want to get their body healthier, but most of us won't do anything about it. And well, one of the greatest philosophers of all time, I love this, said it this way. Uh, he said, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you got. Right? And so therein lies the challenge. Now, first of all, is doing your best to keep your body healthy. Wait a minute, I didn't think this was a health spa. I thought this was a church, right? Is that important? Well, absolutely. I, I, I ran across a startling statistic by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. They said that 40% of deaths in the United States from the five leading causes, that 40% of those are preventable. That means that, that of the 2.7 or so million people who died in the U.S. last year, one million of them didn't need to. It was preventable. Doing what we should to get our body healthy uh, is important, isn't it? It's not only important physically, it's, it's important for us as Christians. And we're going to, again, read in uh, Romans chapter 12, and knowing this about the background of that chapter might help us. You see, they were steeped in Greek philosophy. And the Greek philosophers said that the body was evil. You know, it was a prison that we were encased in, and, and one day the wonderful thing would happen, we'd die, and then we'd be freed of our body. The body was evil. Now, is that what God says? No. God says, I don't make evil stuff. <laughs> I made your body, and I don't make evil stuff. Now, I just want to say this up front, too. I'm not saying that if you don't take care of your body that you're not a Christian. If you don't take care of your body, then you're not going to go to heaven. In fact, if you don't take care of your body, you're probably going to get there a lot sooner than the rest of us, all right? So we need to understand that. But friend, your earthly body is important. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says it this way, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Who's in you? He lives in that body that we're talking about. You've received your body from God, and you've received the Holy Spirit to live in your body. You're not your own. You don't just have total authority over your body and what you're going to do. 
You're not your own. You were bought with a price. And what was that price? The Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross. So therefore, you need to honor God with your bodies. Another verse that speaks to this. Romans chapter 6. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Jesus Christ's body was resurrected. And, and it says that Christ follows that we're resurrected with him so that we can live new lives, all right? The other day I saw an ad, uh, and it was, it was this great-looking car. And it was a ridiculously low price. And I was not in the market for a car, but that certainly the price, uh, you know, intrigued me. So I read the fine print. It didn't have an engine. <laughs> and you know what? It's easy for us Christians to be like that, looking good on the outside, but not having the joy and the love and the peace that God wants us to have on the inside. Now, if someone bought that car and if they put a new engine in it, it would be great. It would, be, it would do what it was made to do. And friend, when we give our bodies to God, when we follow Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, the Spirit of the risen Christ fills us and we get a new engine in our body. And that's how we are to live. We become Christians who are alive. You know, I... I hear all the time, you know, people talking about dead Christians and dead churches and, you know, people who just look, look so, so sour on the outside, you know, and I think that's terrible. We have, all, we have all people, Christians, should be the most joyful and happy and excited and thankful people of all. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, the next three weeks, for three weeks here, okay? about how to get a new life, this new life that Paul's talking about. And today we want to talk about a new body. Would you like a new body? Anybody like a new body? Yeah, some of you raise your hand. The rest of us, you, you're saying I would too. Next week we're going to talk about getting a new mind. I could use a new mind, that's for sure. And then we're going to talk about the third week, getting, getting a new joy. Would you like a new joy in your life? Sure. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Right, Paul writes, therefore, based on everything he said about the truth of the gospel and Jesus Christ dying for us, therefore I urge you, I, I plead with you, I beg you, brothers and sisters in Christ, in view of God's mercy, to do what? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Some translations say offer. Others say give. Some say present. Now, that Greek word, present your body, literally means to place beside. You just place it right beside. And see, I like that. See, I, 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 when I think about what I ought to be as a Christ follower, I like to visualize. See, I like to visualize placing my body beside Christ's body on the cross. Because I want to remember that I'm supposed to die to sin. Jesus died for my sin. I, I ought to want to die to my sin. And, and then <laughs> I want to visualize placing my body beside Christ as he walks out of the grave. 
I want, I want to think of myself as a new person, someone who's, who's died to sin and been, re, been raised with Jesus Christ to live a new kind of life in a new body. And see, Christian, that's what God calls all of us Christians to do. This, this isn't just for, you know, the missionaries and the pastors and the super saints, okay? This is an extra credit. This is, this is our life. This is the essence of our Christ life. That's what God calls all Christians to do. Second, this is what we should give God, this verse tells us, because of what God gave us. What does God give us in this verse? He gives us mercy. You know, I'm, 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 I'm just uh, kind of perplexed because people are always talking about we want justice. I don't want justice. I want mercy. What do you want from God? You want justice from God? No. And that's not what God wants. He wants to give us mercy. And mercy and grace, you know, they're, they're those two words kind of used interchangeably sometimes. They're actually like two sides of the same coin. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve Grace is God giving us what we don't. That's the kind of God we have. We've, and friend, this is important because you've disobeyed God. I have. We all have. We've all disobeyed God. We've all fallen short of what God created us to be. And today, as we talk about your body, as Paul talks about, as we talk about it, the only reason that your body is alive today is because of God's mercy. Because if God had given us what we deserve, we wouldn't be here. We've rebelled against God. We've disobeyed. We've resisted Him, ignored Him at times. That's the only reason you're alive today, that your body is alive. And that's why Paul begs us, pleads with us, give your bodies to God. Present your bodies to God. Romans 6 tells us, kind of picks up, or, or actually this was the same thought. Now he's developing a little more. But Romans 6, verse 13, he says, Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil. Don't, don't let any part of your body get involved in sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Now, let's be honest. The thought of giving ourselves completely to God scares us. If I give myself to God, he's going to send me to Africa. If I, if I give myself to God, he's going to make me miserable. He's going to make me poor. He's going to make me ugly. He's going to make me have no fun at all. Really. You know, the thought of giving our body completely to God it scares us. Well, what does that mean? I don't know all that that means. I better be careful here. I'm going to miss out if I give myself completely to God, friend. Giving our body to the one who created it is what it's all about. <laughs> we should want to give our body to what it was designed to be, what God designed it to be. So, friend, Paul pleading with us, Give your body to God. 
give your earthly body to God. Because our body is to be a living sacrifice. Now, we know in the Bible that there's a lot of mention of, uh, of sacrifices. And in the Old Testament, all their sacrifices were dead sacrifices, right? It actually started in the Garden of Eden. started with the first sin. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, what did God do? Strike them dead? I mean, the soul that sins shall surely die, God said. Did God strike them dead? No. What did he do? He sacrificed an animal. The animal died. And then God took those skins, and that's what he clothed Adam and Eve with. as the first sacrifice. And then in the Old Testament, God commanded the people to bring an animal of sacrifices. Why? Because the blood of a goat could wash away their sin? No. He could see when the blood of that goat was shed, the people would remember, yeah, the wages of sin is death. And God is merciful. He's not asking for my death. He's asking for the death of this animal so that we would live for him. And then one day, one day, 2,000 years ago, God watched his own son dying on a cross as the once for all sacrifice. Amen? And God says, no more dead sacrifices. I want living sacrifices. I want you, I want you to live. And the best life that you can have is, a, is living as a sacrifice to your Creator. Our body is to be a living sacrifice. Jesus walked out of that tomb and was the first living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, as Paul says here. In Romans 12, 1. And so, friends, to follow Jesus, what, what, what's it mean to follow Jesus? What's it mean to become like Christ? We become like him. We become living sacrifices like him, holy and pleasing to God. That's what life, that's what our life is all about. Our body was created to be holy. And holy means to be set apart to God. And, and is Paul develops it here. It means to be pleasing to God by what we do. And, and so God didn't give us our bodies just so we'd stuff them with Pringles and Twinkies. He didn't give us our bodies so we'd, you know, put stuff in them that's, that's not good for us. He didn't give us our bodies so that we would abuse them. God gave us our bodies so we would set it apart to God for his use and and friend, if you're a Christ follower, you're Jesus' hands on earth right now. He's not here in body. He's here in your body. Your hands are his hands. Your feet, his feet. Your eyes, his eyes to do his will here on earth. And that's why God calls us to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And then he says, this, this, is true worship. This is, 
your true and proper worship. And see, here's something we need to understand too. Our whole body should get involved in worship. Our, our whole body gets involved in what's true and real worship. Because we have this tendency to think that, you know, worship is uh, passive. You know, that it's, uh, you come on a Sunday morning and the pastor tells you to sit down and shut up and listen. And so you're supposed to try to stay awake for a half hour. And it's very, very passive. And you're not doing anything, okay? Is that worship? No. Real worship, true worship. It's not, it's not just thinking with our head and feeling with our heart for one hour a week. It's doing with our body 24-7. It, it's serving God 24-7 with this body that he gave us, that he created, that he lives in, and that he bought with the blood of his son. That's worship. God gave you your body so that you could do things here on earth that matter forever and ever. <laughs> we, we, we tend to admire people who can do exceptional things with their body, who can throw a football, uh, you know, 50 yards, who, who can run uh, the 100 meters under... 10 seconds, uh, who can do a triple axle. Okay, we tend to ad admire these people that can do things with their body. I want to ask you, do any of those things I mentioned have any eternal value? Are they going to do them in heaven? No. But friend, what you can do through the body that God gave you and lives in has eternal value. It matters forever. And that's what we have the privilege as a follower of Jesus Christ. So, you can get a new body. No, it'll still be the one that looks like what you look like and feels like what you feel like and so forth. Hey, one day you're going to get a new body and it's going to be perfect, all right? But uh, that's, that's yet to come, all right? but you can get a new body infused and energized by God himself. By doing what? By giving it to him. Completely. Every part of you. All right? And, and when, I when I think about giving my body uh, to God, I want to think about every part of my body. All right? Let's do that. Give your, you get a new body by giving God your feet. That's what the Bible says. Romans 10 says this, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Does anybody here have beautiful feet? Do you, does anybody want to stick them up and show me, you know, right now, your beautiful feet? You know, most of the time we hide them, don't we? All right? Friends, if you do what? If you preach the gospel of peace, if you bring good news, your feet are beautiful to God. 
Your feet are doing what they created to do. God gave us feet to go and share the good news at, at work or at school or on our street with your family, with your friends. That's, that's why God gave us those feet. And, and we don't preach it, people. We share the good news of God's grace and love and holiness and his plan for our lives. Thank you, Nate and Megan, for that story. That's, what, that's why we're here. That's why we have feet. Healthy bodies, we know healthy bodies need to eat well and healthy bodies need to exercise too, don't they? See, you can't just have intake, you've got to have outtake too. Well, God commands us to eat, to feed. That's why we come here on a Sunday morning. That's why we place our feet under God's table and feed on his word. But then, friend, God wants us to take our feet out from under the table and go out into the world and talk to people who are starving to death spiritually and have no hope of eternal life if they don't know Jesus. Give your feet to God. Second, give your hands to God. David prayed in Psalm 90, Lord, strengthen our hands to do your work. Oh, God, these hands you gave me, now, there's just physical hands, and there's nothing that I can do apart from you with these hands as spiritual value. But, Lord, when you infuse them, when you give the power, yes, God, would you, I give you my hands, God, so that I can touch someone's life, so that I can feed someone, so I can help someone, so I can do something for someone. Lord, I give you my hands. Give God your mouth. Oh, this is probably the hardest one of all, isn't it? Giving God our mouth. James 3, James says it this way. James was the brother of Jesus. I know that Jesus heard his younger brother James say some things that James regretted deeply. James and the rest of Jesus' brothers didn't believe that he was really the Son of God. I mean, <laughs> how many of you have brothers? Do you believe they're the Son of God? Oh, no way. And I'm sure James said some things he deeply regretted. What does he write? With our tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and also with that same tongue, we curse human beings made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. This should not be. Our, our mouths were for praising God, not cursing people. The, our family, well, our fam I was going to say our family memorized this verse. That's not exactly right. I'm going to say Donna and I quoted this verse all the time. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs. Friend, do we live in a culture that puts people down? 
or build them up? You know the answer. And it's so easy for us to become just like that. Always putting people down. No, we were, we were called to build people up. That happens when we give our mouths to God. God made our mouths to praise him. And you know, see, I think that Christians ought to talk about the Lord a lot. Seems like we talk about the weather more, or politics more, or sports, or finances, or whatever. Oh, I think we should use our mouth to talk about our Jesus. Four, give your eyes to God. Did you know that most of us, if, if our group here is represented in the United States, all right, 75% of us right now are using corrective lenses, okay? The older you get, the worse your eyesight uh, grows, all right? We need corrective lenses. Well, you know, we need corrective lenses spiritually, too. Because of all the stuff that we look at all the time. Satan succeeded in getting Adam and Eve's eyes off of the thousands of trees that they could eat of onto the one that God said no, didn't he? And it's so easy for us to look at the forbidden, to, to, to look at the stuff that is not going to help us, to look at the stuff that's negative or impure, just doesn't matter, okay? Let's give our eyes, let's give our eyes to God. How do we do that? Hebrews chapter 12, look at Jesus, <laughs> the author, the finisher of our faith he, he's what your faith is all about it's all wrapped up in him look at jesus because friend if we focus on the world around us we're going to grow blind to the god that's above us give your eyes to god five give your ears to god because god's a speaking god <laughs> god is always speaking all right god speaks to us uh, when we pray, you know, prayer is not just us talking to God. It, prayer should be us listening to God, okay? Uh, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and, and he speaks to us. He, he tells us, no, don't do this. Don't go there. Don't say that. Sometimes we ignore it. But God's a speaking God. Sometimes God speaks through tragedies. Because the sad thing is sometimes that's the only thing that will get our attention. When, when good things are happening, sometimes we're not really listening very well. Psalm, in Psalm 115, David said, They have ears, but they don't hear. God gave every one of us ears. But we're not always hearing what we should hear from God. We say, God, I want to give my ears to you. I want to hear. I want to listen. I want to do. I want to obey. God, I give you my ears. Next week, we're going to talk about your mind, all right? 
because that's Romans 12, 2, all right? Romans 12, 1 talks about your body. Next week, we want to talk about your mind, all right? But before we do, before we close, I mean, I, I ran across this interesting article this week, okay? It was, quote, doctor-recommended rules for a healthier 2019. I thought they were good. I didn't like several of them, all right? I want to just share this with you. Number one, in one day, 24-hour period, verbally interact with 10 people you don't know. Because, see, we have such a tendency just to get wrapped up in ourselves in the very small circle of people around us. And we lose sight of all the people that God has put in our path. I like that. And, you know, you're going to say, well, a lot of people don't want to talk. They're in a hurry or what. You know who will talk to you? The clerk in the store, you know, the checkout person at Publix. They're going to talk to you. They, their boss makes them, okay? Uh, but they'll talk to you. Talk to them. Ask it. They're going to ask you how you're doing. You ask them how they're doing. They say, no, 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 really. Tell, talk. I, you know, we'd be healthier if we did this. Number two, eat, I didn't like this one, eat on a dinner plate smaller than 10 inches. We have the 12 or 14 inch, I don't know what, but anyway, the doctor said you'd probably lose five pounds this year if you did that. Number three, count to 10 slowly the next time you're about to give people a piece of your mind you can ill afford to lose. Wow, yeah. The risk of a heart attack is five times greater in the two hours following your outburst of anger. Did you know that? If you have an outburst of anger for the next two hours, you better watch yourself. Number three, fourth, uh, for 10 consecutive days, keep a food diary. Just write down everything you eat. And you'll see that you probably did not meet that five recommended servings of vegetables or fruits a day, won't, won't you? In fact, you may not have met that for the whole 10 days, okay? And, and here's my rule that I've really adopted, that we adopted. Our, our eating habits have changed a whole lot because of a lot of stuff that you know. But uh, we try to eat stuff from the farm and not from the factory. Okay? And that, that's not a spiritual thing. Again, you know, you don't have to do that to get to heaven. You'll, you'll get there ahead of us, okay? But eat stuff from the farm, not from the factory. Number five, get in an exercise group. You probably won't exercise faithfully by yourself. So find one person or a group or something like that. Number six, do 10 push-ups every day. All right? Now, some of you are saying, I can't do that. Listen, if Ruth Ginsburg, Bader Ginsburg can do it, you can do it. You know, you know Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg. You know, she looks like she's already not. No, no. She, she looks so frail. Nobody here looks as frail as she does. She does 10 push-ups every day. 
All right? All right, that's the, the, the doctor said this. It'll decrease your risk of stroke. If you need to put your knees on the floor, do that. You know, that's, that works just as well for you, all right? Uh, number seven, the next time you want a soda or beer, have a glass of water instead. Practical stuff. I, I hope you'll do one of those things, or two, or whatever, all right? How do we do the new? We're talking about doing the new. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you got, all right? If we don't do something different, we, there'll be no change. There'll be no growth, okay? So what do you want to, how do we do the new? Now, two things, two huge things are important. One, you do it through Christ who gives us strength. See, God made you to need him. God made you to need Jesus Christ. And he'll give you strength to do what you ought to do. But second thing is, you do it through the body of Christ. See, God did not make us independent. He made us dependent, not, on, not just on him, but on others as well. We're in the body of Christ. Each of us, uh, in, uh, in several places, we'll see it. We're a body part. We're not a whole body. We're a body part. We each have a function and a role, and we need the other body parts to do the work that God has called us to do. You need the body of Christ. One person can't carry a log that weighs 300 pounds. Two people can. Two people can. Do it. Do a new thing with a family member, with your whole family, with your small group, with, with that, whatever it might be, okay? My family is helping me to enforce the rule that the kitchen closes at 8 o'clock. Because after 8 is when I put on the pounds. Uh, I'm in a men's group. I'm going to ask them to help me with a thing or two in this year. Because I want to do the new. And I won't do it alone. I want to do it through Christ who gives me strength and do it through the body of Christ. Your body. You can have a new body. Infused with the power of the Holy Spirit of the risen Jesus who this morning is knocking at the door of your heart and is saying, let me come in. I love you. I died for you. I want to live in you. I want to energize you to do things that matter. And one day I want to come back for you and take you to my heaven. And then you're going to get a perfect body. There'll never know pain or sorrow or weakness or sickness or anything. You'll have a glorified body forever and ever as we live together in God's heaven. Would you bow with me, please? Oh, God, you love us so much. You gave us these bodies. None of us are entirely satisfied with them. They are imperfect. They suffer the ravages of living in a sin-cursed world. They're not perfect. They won't be until Jesus comes back. But dear Lord, you live in these bodies in the person of the Holy Spirit. When we invite Jesus in, the Holy Spirit moves into these bodies. They become temples, your temples, Father. They become your tools. They become 
our bodies become your hands and your feet and your ears and your eyes and your mouth to do kingdom work here on earth. So God, would you infuse our bodies with that new life that Jesus Christ promised to us. And friend, if you're here today and you've never opened the door and let Jesus in, you're afraid to let him in <laughs> like we all <laughs> were or still are in fact. Let him in. Let him in to be your Savior. But if you let him in, he needs to be Lord too. That's, if you've never done that, that's why God brought you here this morning. Because he loves you. And he wants to live in you. And he wants to send his son back for you again one day. Oh, Father, thank you for your mercy. We don't deserve that. Thank you for your grace. We do deserve things, God, that you've withheld. And your son suffered in our place. God, today we praise you. Friend, would you thank God that if you're following Jesus, one day you're going to have a perfect body. Friend, this morning, would you give your body to God? Like Paul said, give yourselves completely to God. Would you do that? Yeah, we're a little afraid of the unknown. But God's unknown is far better than any things that we do know. Give God your body. Let it be new this year. In Jesus' name, amen.